So, we are in blessed is best mode just now. Who is loving it? Honestly, my mind has been blown apart by what I'm hearing. James' message this morning was absolutely fantastic. I looked at him and I goes, James, you stood there, and I don't think I remember you looking at your notes maybe once other than looking at... uh, other than looking at the, the Bible verses and, and I'm looking at them going, James, that was just fantastic. Yeah. It really was such such a great message. So, are you ready for a, a brilliant message tonight? Because yeah. <laughs> I, 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 need, I need your help. I need your help. I was actually at the uh, Mandarin service this afternoon and um, my goodness, they are such a, an amazing people. I love the Mandarin people to bits. I really do. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to speak with any of them, but if you, if you can... Speak to them. You know, every now and again, they'll pop in here. And there are people that will bless you. They're such a social pe- yeah. people in nature. And um, their hearts really are for to connect one to another. Yeah. And I look at that and I go, what an example that is. What a brilliant example that is. So this is my preach number two today. Yeah. So please, so please bear with me. James, you're here. Sorry, I didn't even see you. I was just bragging about you a minute ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so blessed is best. Um, when I was kind of doing the research on blessed is, is, is sorry, blessed is better, not blessed is best. Um, when I was doing the research on on what I need to speak about, I was looking at it, and it's one of those messages where you're like, how on earth am I going to be able to speak for like 25, 30 minutes on that? And then when you actually do the do the legwork on it, you go, okay, there's there's quite a lot in that. So what we're going to do is we're going to just run through um, a few verses in the Bible. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to uh, Deuteronomy 28, uh, verses 1 to 5. I'm not going to read um, the, the full kind of 14 verses that, that, that this is, is based on. Before um, I get into the Bible, though, I just want to set a challenge, okay? And the challenge is, for, for all your preconceived ideas about how blessed you are, I want to tell you you're blessed, you are, you're absolutely blessed. Whether you're sitting in here, sitting away, listening, playing on your uh, phone, taking notes, or whatever you're doing, you're blessed. When you're at your work, you're blessed. When you're, um, when you're going about your business, you're blessed. When you're preparing your kids' sandwiches in the morning, you're blessed. <laughs> you really are blessed. Everything that you do, you're blessed. Why are you blessed? I want to tell you first and foremost, you're blessed because you know God the Father. Yeah. God the Father is the reason that you're blessed. Yeah, so if you forget, if you remember nothing else that I say tonight, I want you to remember that God says you're blessed because yeah. He did it first. He made the way and He, he prepared the path for you. Yeah. So Deuteronomy 28, verse 1 to 5. And it says, If you obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all His commands that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. And the fruit baskets and breadboards, sorry, your fruit baskets and your breadboards will be blessed. Now I look at that and I think, my goodness me, that's a lot of blessings. But... You know, if you look at Deuteronomy 28, there are 14 verses that speak about blessings, okay? And then there's 54 verses that speak about curses. <laughs> and I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I need to get a message out of this. I'm thinking that I need to absolutely implore you to catch the fact that there's less blessings, but that's good. 
And the more, ble- more cursings, forget about those, okay? Because God has got blessings for you that, that are bestowed for you. You don't have them yet, but they are on their way. And when I look at the word blessing, you know, it says in um, the Old Testament 40, 427 times. I'm a bit of a num- numbers geek, people. <laughs> and when I look at that, I'm like, man, goodness me, that's a lot of blessings. 427 times. Wow. And then in the, 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 the word curse appears um, 188 times. So there's like a bit of a mismatch going on between Deuteronomy 28 and what the New Testament, what the Old Testament is saying in regards to blessings and cursing. But what is a blessing, okay? Again, you have to look it up. What is a blessing? A blessing, basically, if you go to the dictionary, is God's favour and protection. Now, I want to tell you, God's favour and protection goes with you all the days of your life. It goes with you all the days of your life. Every single thing that you put your hand to, you're blessed. Even if you think you're not, I want to tell you, you're blessed. You really are. The things that you would try and think in your mind to say, ah, I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that. I want to set them aside tonight and I want to say, church, you're blessed. Amen? So blessings are walking with God's favour and protection. You know, I don't know if you, like me, remember that song, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One By One. It was a bit cheesy, but naff. But I found found myself, but, but the meaning of it was fantastic, by the way. But I found myself... Last night, I went for a walk last night just to, just to kind of settle myself and just, just to listen to what God was saying. And I found myself walking further than I wanted to, <laughs> which means that when you do that, you kind of have to go back the way because I kind of went in a circle and that was the wrong thing that I, should, that I did. Anyway, and I found myself thanking God right from, right from, um, from having children to having a wife to having a fabulous church to having a fabulous job for having fabulous health, for being such an, an financial blessing. Because sometimes when you don't take that moment and take a step back and go, God, what have you given me? You're not in a place where actually you can go out and encourage people. Because I tell you, not so long ago, not so long ago, I was at a position where I could hardly walk. I couldn't, church. I could tell you the truth. I could hardly walk. And for for my wife who's seen me struggling to walk, it must have been a real, real pain for her. And I look at that now and I go, ha, 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 how stupid were you? You couldn't even walk. But I want to tell you, my God is good. My God is good. My God is good. Yeah? And I want to say, even when I was at that position where I could not walk, I was still blessed, church. I was still blessed. Every single morning when I was in pain, and this isn't a pain, this isn't a pain message, but I want to tell you, I was crying out to God, God, come and touch me, come and affect my life, come and change my life. Why? Because I'm blessed, and I can go to my God and say, God, I need your help. And what does He do? He intervenes. And can I assure you, every single time I prayed, I prayed. Have you ever got to that position where you haven't prayed enough, but you know you need to go and pray some more? Honestly, church, I was desperate. I couldn't walk. God, I need your help. The the medicine isn't working. All of this other stuff isn't working. I need your help. And that's blessings. Blessings, it's in the mind first, church. We are blessed because of what God has done. So again, if I take a step back and I look at blessings, I look at Deuteronomy 28, there's a couple of things that I want you to remember. These are buzzwords. So like the chunking words that James mentioned this this morning, okay? I've got three buzzwords for you. So I'm going to kind of give away the end before I get to it. But the first buzzword is obedience. The second is decisions. And the third is thanksgiving. 
Okay, so keep those uh, in the back of your mind. Now, and everything that I do, like I say, I'm a bit of a numbers geek, and I'm always thinking, you know, if I do this, then what's the effect? If I do that, then what's the effect? I try and weigh things up so that I know the right way that I want to go. And for me, for me, it's such a it's such a good thing to know that I'm blessed. You know, for me, I've got a wife. I am blessed. Ruth has a husband. She is much more blessed. <laughs> but here's something, okay? Here's something. If I say to Ruth, Ruth, I love you, okay? It's a bit, bit, bit um, kind of, a bit kind of, yeah, sloppy, great word, a bit kind of sloppy for a Sunday night. And I tell her I love her, I love her day after day after day after day after day. She's probably going to get a bit bored and she's going to be like, yeah, right, okay, I get it, but what else have you got? Now, if I come bearing, <laughs> but if I come bearing gifts, if I come bearing gifts, if I come say, hey, honey, here's a box of chocolates for you, or here's a watch for you, or here's something else for you, oh, like it's, it's, it's adding on to the words that I'm speaking to her, okay? Yeah. Because then she can see, actually, it's not just the words that he's saying. So, yes, the words are important, but there's other things behind that as well, yeah. because yeah. I'm that kind of guy, I'm not Ruth. <laughs> You know, guys out there, if you ever need any tips for um, getting Christmas presents and things like this, can I just say, don't come to me. Okay? The receipt is the best thing that a husband can ever give his wife. Can I hear an amen? And with no word of a lie, that is the truth. So coming back, okay, so I've just spoken great words of, of affirmation over Ruth. I've told her that I love her. I've given her gifts. There's a book called um, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And there's, some other, there's three other gifts that are such um, an important, that play such an important part. Um, uh, one is, the other one is acts of service. The other one is quality time. And the other one is physical touch. And for wives and husbands, husbands and wives, all those kinds of engaged, people engaged in, in thinking about getting married... It's a fantastic book that I really encourage you to get because what it does is it opens up a different world to you because if I just say to Ruth, Ruth, I love you, and that's potentially not her love language, then she's not going to get it. She's going to be like, I don't understand what you're trying to say to me as much as I love you is so important. Yeah? But if, if her love language is quality time, then I make that time to have that special time with her. It's going to tick that box for her. And what I want is a happy wife, yeah? yeah? Happy wife, happy life. I really, I really do. So we're blessed, church, aren't we? We're blessed. You know, I remember a story um, uh, that actually happened. It was a real life story, actually. And um, me, my mum, my and my brothers and my sister, we went to Australia, okay? And this was a few years ago, before I was married or anything like that. And um, we were on one of these kind of low-cost airlines, I believe, I won't mention it for, for um, whatever purposes. But um, it, it took us from London to Jakarta to some other place, to some other place, to Melbourne. And um, when we arrived in Jakarta, we heard that the plane was over, overbooked. As, I guess as the companies do, they overbook these sorts of uh, long-haul flights. And um, we found ourselves being upgraded. I'm 12 years of age, okay, and I'm being upgraded with my brothers and my sister and my mum into business class. Now, if you've ever been in business class in a jumbo jet, I can tell you, it is very nice. So bear in mind, I'm 12 years old, I can't drink, I can't eat caviar, 
I can't use the fine, the fine um, crystal. I can't use the fine um, cutlery and all this sort of thing. But I'm blessed. I'm blessed because someone else had made a mistake. There are things, <laughs> there are things that happen to us that we don't always understand why, but a blessing will come out of it. Now that could be on the good side and that could be on the bad side because it says in the Bible, all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. That tells me that you know rain and high water may come, hell and high water may come, but God's plans and purposes for my life are absolutely dead set. He knows the things that he has for me. So how does this apply to me, okay? How do I make this apply to me? And it's coming back to that, that, that last word that I mentioned. It was thanksgiving. There's a word thank you. You know, I was taught it as a kid. There's a word please if I want something. Or the word thank you when I get something. And that's the words that, that God likes to hear. God likes to hear the word thank you. Because actually, again, it's, it's being appreciative of the things that we have been given. So, in Genesis 27, we're not going to turn there just for the sake of time, okay? But Isaac... He blessed his son Jacob by laying on his hands and declaring over him words about his future. And actually it shouldn't have been Jacob, it should have been the brother. But actually the the brother Jacob had um, kind of deceived his his father. But he deceived him, I think, quite cleverly. You know, he put the kind of the the, the cheapest rug on his arms and he said to his dad, Look, it's me, it's Esau, and uh, bless me, bless me. And, you know, there's things that we might try and do to get the blessing. I want to say, church, you just need to go to God and you just need to say to God, God, I'm here and I'm waiting for you. I trust you with everything. I believe that you've got great plans and purposes for me. I believe that you can make anything happen, just as we sang tonight. But on the other hand, there's always a downside because the brother Esau, he was absolutely gutted. He was the one that should have got the, the blessing, but didn't. He was the one that should have got the birthright and didn't. And yet I look at that and I go, how is that fair? But God allowed it to happen. There is a blessing in there. There is a blessing in there. Okay? There is a blessing in there. Turn with me, will you, um, to to Luke 17, verse 11. And this is speaking about um, the ten lepers that got healed. I think this is a brilliant story. So I'm just going to read it, read it for you. So if you just bear with me. So as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked to them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Now I'm looking at that and I know that Jews and Samaritans didn't get on. But it was the one guy that went back to Jesus and he said, thank you. Those other nine guys, they're still healed. They were still healed. You know, it says in the Bible, Jesus healed ten of them. But it was only one that went back and gave thanks. And I think that attitude of thanks, it speaks highly about the guy. It speaks highly about the Samaritan. Because he knew fine, really, he shouldn't have been speaking to the Jewish guy. But he was willing to say, okay, I'm going to go back and I want him to know that I so appreciate what he's done in my life. Because actually, if you think about it, the lepers... 
They were cast out from society. They weren't allowed to be um, walking about like, like you and me would be down Union Street. They had to be kind of declaring a leper, a leper, and all this sort of stuff. And uh, that wasn't a very nice thing. But actually, if you would go back and you would say thank you to Jesus, how amazing would that be? So what are the things that we need to do to catch God's attention? What about loving your enemies? What about saying thank you when things don't really go the way that you want them to go? I know that for me, um, you know, that many challenges come around our lives, but it's how you deal with them, it's how you react to them that would allow you to then step up and away from that thing that is trying to limit you or to, to stop you or control you. You know, I don't like to be put in a box. I remember um, there was some, some preacher came through, and I can't remember just exactly who it was, but they came through and they had some sort of box or boat or something, and they explained that whole living outside of a box mentality or, 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 or attitude. And I got the principle of it, but I don't want ever anyone to, to hold me in a box to say, you cannot do this and you cannot do that, because I was made for more. I was made for more than what I'm doing just now. I maybe think I'm not doing enough, or maybe I think I'm doing too much, but I was made for more. And that's the same for you. You know, if you're new to um, INC, that's a slogan, born for more. You're absolutely born for more. Whether you think it, believe it, like it or not, you are born for more because God has got great plans and great purposes for you. I've probably said that three or four times now. Are you getting the, the picture? So again, taking a step back, okay? What does Deuteronomy 5 say over us? What does it say about us? Because I haven't touched on that yet. It's about your baskets and your kneading bowl. You know, I look at that and I think God is such a um, specific God. He knows the things that he says. He knows who he is. And the first thing that really catches my attention is that we're blessed firstly because we are in relationship with God. I kind of touched on that earlier. You know, if you have a relationship with someone, you get to know them first. And then if you really, really like them, you might be like, hey, do you fancy going out? And then after that, if you really, really like them, you'd be like, hey, do you fancy getting married? And you'd be like, yes or no. And then after that, <laughs> and so far so good, it's been yes. And then after that, you know, you get, you get married. And, you know, there's, there's these steps that we have to take. And for our lives, there are steps that each one of us have to take. Sometimes it's a difficult step, not necessarily on the, on the relational side of things, but actually when we take that difficult step, it's that difficult step that launches us out into actually the next step that God has for your life, the next plan that God has for your life. Because I think in our lives, and our minds, we can be so restricted. But I want to tell you, have a relationship with God. It will change your life. The next point is God is a personal God. If I look at that verse 5, it says, your, first, uh, your fruit baskets and your breadboards. Which means that God pays attention to the detail of our lives. He knows the things that we're doing. He knows when I'm preparing my, my, my food for my family. I don't do that too much, do I? <laughs> he knows. He knows he can probably count in his hand for the amount of times. <laughs> Is that a lie or not? I'm giving away some secrets here tonight. But God is a personal God. He knows the details of our lives. And he, watch, he watches over them. He is the Father who cares about his children. He is not a God far away, but he's a God nearby. You know, I have the Spirit of God living inside of me. You have the Spirit of God living inside of you. And actually, because of that, I want to tell you, there is nothing that any one of you cannot do. Can I hear an amen? Amen. amen. That's the second point. And the third and final point is, God makes provision 
in our lives. You know, if I look at the baskets and the the breadboards, we actually were given a gift just before Christmas. And it was this beautiful basket and had lots of lovely things in there. And most of the things are gone. And and Ruth and I are looking at it and we're going, what are we going to use that basket for? And um, Ruth came up with different ideas and uh, they were all rubbish. And and I said, hey, honey, why don't we get some fruit and make it a fruit basket? So I went out to a shop the other day and honestly, if I brought the fruit basket in tonight, you would see that it would be overflowing with all of this beautiful fruit. It has your your apples, your bananas, your melons, it's got some lemons and limes and all these sorts of different fruits. And um, I look at it and I think, what a picture that paints. You know, God has used the words fruit basket. And that fruit basket, to see it in our home, it speaks of abundance. You look at it, it's overflowing. It looks beautiful. It's fresh. There's a freshness and a beauty that God has for each one of you guys and girls. And when you look at the breadboards, you know, I think about the breadboard, the chopping board. You know, it's like this and there you are with the knife and you're chopping and everything. God, he knows that he is one, the one who sustains us. I know that my God sustains me. You know, I I maybe think that I'm employed by a certain company, but it was God that gave me the job. You know, I maybe just turned up and I showed my fancy CV and I did this and I did that and used some flashy words and the boss liked it, my now boss liked it. But actually, now I need to outwork that. God gave me that job. In the same way as God gave me my wife and God gave me this church and God gave me these other things that I have. I am sustained by God. He is my creator after all. And if I just um, say very quickly, Genesis 1.27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. The next verse is the key verse. Verse 28. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on earth. So God created us. He then blessed us. He created us and then blessed us. And then if you look, or if you look in the Bible, it says on, on day seven, on the Sabbath, it says that God rested. And actually he blessed that day. He blessed that day. He blessed it. Why did God bless it? Because he knew. He knew that in blessing that day, it would be set aside and it would be holy to him. I wonder if we can stand up, church. I want to say over our lives tonight... We're blessed. Over your life tonight, you're blessed. Brian Taylor doesn't say it. Kevin Upton doesn't say it. God says it over your life. He declares it over your life. You're blessed. Will you receive that blessing tonight, church? I hope that you receive that blessing tonight. I declare that even right now, over this, over this message, that the words that are spoken would bring life to you and would challenge you. Let's just lift up our hands right now and just close our eyes, okay?